And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Standing Room Only Podcast. Yes, I'm your host, Ben Standing. I cover the Washington Commanders for The Athletic. Usually that means after a game, I'm talking to you from the press box or if they're on the road, that city. I did not, however, make the trip to San Francisco. Different variables, including the holiday season. Uh, By the way, happy holidays to everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Uh, Hope everybody has a safe uh, and happy holiday week especially considering it is absolutely freezing uh, almost anywhere in the country, but it is here freezing in the East coast. It was six degrees apparently today at one point on my phone, uh, according to my phone. Uh, None of that matters though, with the game, the game, the weather had no bearing on the, on the game for the commanders. Unfortunately, the play of San Francisco's offense, uh, their big play capability, then Nick Bosa on defense that had a lot to do with San Francisco winning 37, 20, over Washington. Uh, while I was not there, our friend Matt Paris with the Washington Times did attend. He and I just spoke a moment ago, so we'll 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 discuss. Uh, we we discussed the game, the mood, the quarterback situation, uh, the, not having Cam Curl, how that impacted the team, and a bunch more. So we'll get to that in a moment here on the podcast, which of course you can find on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you do your podcasting. You can listen to it on the Athletic ad free uh if you have not subscribed to the athletic i tell i say this all the time but right now for real for real there are multiple deals going on i believe right now you can get 50 percent off uh click on any one of my articles and you can do that but honestly if you wait a day or two i believe next week there's even a bigger deal uh i don't know if i have it in front of me here but it is either way there's some great deals whether for yourself or you needed it for a gift for somebody Check out The Athletic. I, I would encourage uh, you to do so. All right, let, let's just get to a couple of things before I get to Matt. He and I did not talk. So we talked a bunch about the game. Obviously, disappointing, and yet I don't think too many people really thought Washington was going to come out and win this game. There was a lot of hope after the first half, right? You're you're right there with the Niners. Uh, you know, the, even though it's not like Washington was scoring uh, – tons of points or anything it was 7-7 at halftime but that was obviously a bit of a win for Washington considering you know they're the underdog on the road but then in the second half things started to uh unravel there were signs of this early on too many penalties for Washington early in the game wiped out some big plays uh and, and and some chance at momentum and you know, this is a team that just simply we talk about this all the time. Their margin for error is basically error is basically non-existent, right? It just that's just it's kind of the way that it is. They really just cannot afford any kind of mistakes. I'm trying to look up here how many penalties Washington actually had. Uh, hold on, let me go to a different screen here. Um, but you know, the offensive line a rough day, right? That not only did they give up that they have a bunch of penalties, but Oh, so so Washington had six penalties 
for 51 yards. It seemed worse than that, to be honest. Uh, but the offensive line, too many penalties, three specifically that I recall on the offensive line. They had Heineke, you know, having to run for his life again. Heineke, of course, gets hit and by, by uh, Nick Bosa, who's you know, arguably going to be the defensive player of the year in the league, causes a fumble in the second half. And that was uh, in a situation where Washington had turnovers and back-to-back plays, which, of course, then led to the benching of Heineke for Carson Wentz. And Matt and I talked about that, what we think of that. Anybody who's been listening to this podcast knows we've anticipated some version of this for a bit. Um, ironically, I, I actually thought it wasn't going to happen in this game because Heineke was playing fairly well. He finished with a quarterback rating of 114.6. He was 13 of 18, 166 yards, two touchdowns. He did have the one interception. But again, they, they just can't score. They only had 14 points when Wentz came in with a little over nine minutes to go in the fourth quarter. And, you know, I think Wentz is probably going to keep the job next week. Ron Rivera said post game to reporters that he anticipates making that decision early in the week so that quarterback can get, you know, the maximum amount of work. So I would imagine we would hear something by Tuesday. I mean, it's weird because of the holiday, this being Saturday, but I would imagine, you know, if practice starts Wednesday, that by Tuesday we would probably have some sense of who the quarterback will be. Uh, the other sort of big news of the day beyond the results is the return of Chase Young. Matt and I didn't talk about that a lot, so I'll just do that here. Uh, look, obviously, first of all, it's great to see him back out in the field. You know, for all the way we talk about this typically, you know, what does this mean for this team? What about his contract? Is he ever going to live up to the hype? All that aside, the young man has been through a lot over the last 13 months. He had the significant knee injury. We've talked about it here, the ACL and the patella tendon uh, damage. Uh, you know, it's obviously kept him out a lot longer than people anticipated. So to see him back out there was a big deal. I'm sure it was a huge deal for him. And frankly, I think he easily exceeded expectations that were placed on pretty much everybody. I mean, Ron Rivera has been saying for a while now, they're waiting for him to, for Chase Young to sort of, you know, get going out there to really like let loose. And it hadn't happened. I, I saw a guy today out there who really was, letting loose i mean he didn't have a sack but he did have a pat he did defend a pass he jumped up knocked the ball down had two tackles he did a really nice job of reading uh, a screen pass to mccaffrey and and got in the way for that led to uh, brock purdy having to go elsewhere with the ball uh i thought he looked good now uh, good enough to be like at a pro bowl level no i don't think that's the case enough that by the time enough that he can really impact this season with what's remaining. I mean, I don't know. They only have two regular season games left. If they make the playoffs, that's at least three games in three weeks. Maybe by the end of that, you would think he could, but we'll see. The fact that he was out there was good. Uh, James Smith Williams left the game at one point with a potential concussion. So we'll see where he's at. It would be ironic if Chase Young is back at the point when they were to lose a defensive lineman. Um, and I'm curious to see the snap count come uh, whenever that is available. Chase Young played far more than the projected 12 to 16 snaps. I think he played around 30 snaps would be my would be my guess. Uh, so um, bottom line, it was great to see him out there. Hopefully this is a sign of things to come. Hopefully he keeps the energy up. 
Hopefully he maintains this discipline. If all that happens, you know, whether it's this year or next year, hopefully that leads to being the kind of productive player we all thought he was going to be after his rookie of the defensive rookie of the year season in 2020. Um, all that said, Washington lost. Uh, the good news, though, is, and I maybe should have said this already, but they really nothing's changed in terms of the playoff situation. The Lions and Seahawks entered the day a half game behind Washington. They both lost. The Giants entered the day a game ahead of Washington with the tiebreaker. They also lost. So Washington is still the seventh seed with two weeks to go. In order to catch the Giants, they would have to win their next two, and the Giants would have to lose both games. So that seems unrealistic, especially since in in the in week 18, Washington is playing uh, Dallas, and the Giants are playing Philly. Philly and, the, and Dallas may have nothing to play for based on their circumstances. So if we're assuming Washington beats Dallas, you'd have to say the same with the Giants. Then again, Philly almost won today playing with Gardner Minshew because Jalen Hurts was out, but obviously they would rest other guys. More importantly, though, if Washington wins its last two games, there's nothing Seattle or Detroit or anybody else can do. If Washington splits their last two games, they need either Detroit or Seattle to lose at least one game. Um, If they do that, they're in the playoffs for the second time in three years under Rivera. If they don't, we have a lot of we, we, we have early, we we start talking about the offseason far earlier than uh, anticipated uh, right now. So that's where things are at uh, with, with with the Commanders. Um, let's get to my conversation with Matt Paris here. Uh, but as also, uh, there will be uh, new new material up on the Athletic for you to read. Podcasts this week, even though it is heading towards New Year. So uh, check all that out. But right now, here's my conversation with Matt Paris from San Francisco here on the Standard Groom Only Podcast. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, as I mentioned in the intro, I uh, did not make the trip to San Francisco, but somebody that did is with us now on the podcast, Matt Paris from the Washington Times is there. Matt, uh, I greatly appreciate the time because I know it's a hectic uh, journey when a game ends and you got all the things you got to do. So appreciate the time. I guess just since you're there and I'm not, give us the mood. We can get to the game in a second, but give us sort of the mood, a, a, a tough loss. And there's a lot of, I would think, uncertain in the air because of the quarterback. So what was your sense of the the post game scene there? Yeah, it was a it was a weird move, but it wasn't nearly as distraught as it was the previous week when they lost to the Giants. I think a lot of guys found out after the fact that Seattle and Detroit had lost, that they were still in playoff position. They know that these final two weeks come down to it, but that they weren't depressed by any means. I think it was last week was a lot more deflating. And now the main question for everyone on everyone's mind is, you know, what are they going to do at quarterback? Yeah. I mean, that's the weird thing. Obviously it's tough to lose. And the second half got away from them, the turnovers, uh, Nick Bosa, what you know, George Kittle, say whatever you want. But at the end of the day, nothing's really changed for their situation. They're still the seventh seed. They're still a game plus a tiebreaker behind the Giants. They're still a half game ahead of the Lions and the Seahawks. And they win the last two games they're in. So, I mean... Right. That, that, that's kind of where things are at. I guess now the question is, do we think they have the goods to get that done? They may only need to win one game if the Lions and Seahawks, you know, don't win anymore. But, you know, we can't assume that. Uh, and that is what's so wacky about it. What was it like sort of the ebb and flow there watching it when, you know, there were points where it felt like Washington was right there. But, you know. They just couldn't stop San Francisco when they needed to, and just uh, too many mistakes on offense uh, throughout the game. Yeah, it really kind of swung there in the fourth, and you knew after that second turnover that after after the, the first turnover, I started paying attention to Wentz. He still had his hat on, the snapback, but he was really rifling those passes now. We kind of joked about this last week during the Giants game that he looked really fired up yeah. and ready to go during those warm-ups, knowing in case he could play at any moment, and um, that was definitely the case this time around. It, it it seemed like after that first 
turnover. He maybe got a feeling, and then by that second one, it, you know, I Sam was nice and let me borrow his binoculars, and I found the moment that Rivera told Heineke that he was being benched, and you could just see the anger on Heineke's face. And I don't know if they showed this on the television broadcast, but Heineke slammed his helmet down um, in anger after he walked away from Rivera. I think he was really frustrated with himself that he lost that opportunity. I thought it was very curious that Rivera said afterwards that he made the decision to protect Heineke. There were still nine minutes left in the game. That seems like an odd time to, if you were actually going to make a change. I think this for Washington, it was more about, all right, actually, let's see what we have in Wentz because their position hasn't really changed. Um, they could use those nine minutes to really see what Wentz had. And I don't know about you, Ben, but I thought he played well. Yeah. I mean, that that's the weird thing. Like, let's just suppose it was like a 10 to three game, you know, a tight, but it's still one score game. Taking out the quarterback, even if you're not scoring, would seem like a potentially tough deal because you're right there. You're, it's tight. But when the game starts to get away from you, as it did, they're down 16 points with back-to-back turnovers. You know, I know Ron Rivera said he wouldn't blame Heineke, and, that, and that's fine. The interception, you know, looked like Brian Robinson kind of stopped running his route, or at least he and Heineke weren't on the same page. But, you know, this is two weeks in a row. Heineke's fumbled when hit by a pass rusher. But because of the margin there, it just it did feel like a good opportunity to see with Wentz. Because reality is, you've got to make a – this is now – we keep we keep talking about these decisions Rivera has to make. This one now, this week, is the is the one we've been kind of waiting for. Who's he going to go with? And, you know, I, I, to me, Wentz seems like the way to go because you can blame whatever you want. This offense doesn't score points. I mean, that's just the way it is. I mean, they just haven't scored more than 23. Um, only, they've only scored 20, more than 23 once since Heineke's been in there. The weapons are there. We see Jahan Dotson had a big day. And, look, penalties screwed them. The offensive line's a mess. They got to do something. So I didn't have a problem with it. I think it kind of worked out for them that the way the game flowed. And, and you're right. I think Wentz looked fine. You know, you can never tell some of these relief appearances. But um, I thought that was good. Um, you Both of the quarterbacks came out. I did watch the press conferences. But you tell me being there in the room, um, what was your sense of how those guys were, were kind of handling it? Yeah, you could tell Heineke was frustrated with himself at the podium. He said all the right things. You could tell he was beating himself up a little bit. Wentz, you know, I I think he realized that there would be some, you know, he he tried to keep it in the moment, but I think for him, the perspective is really interesting. You think about how last season ended for him in Indianapolis. He had those two games there to get the Colts in the playoffs and pretty much choked it away, especially in week 18. If he gets a lot, if he gets these last two starts, he'll have an opportunity to redeem himself a little bit. So, you know, I asked him about that. He, He kind of just gave a, you know, fighting for our own destiny kind of line, didn't really make it about himself. But uh, I think both of these guys realize that no matter who Rivera chooses, one of them is going to be on the short end of the stick, and, and that's going to be tough for one of them to deal with. But um, both, I think, seem kind of hopeful that maybe they would start. I, I don't know how Heineke necessarily is reading into it, but I think once does like his chances. Yeah, I mean, look, the we'll get to the Browns later in the week. They've got a good pass rusher, you know, a, a Bosa level pass rusher in Miles Garrett, and you know they, um, you know, we'll see. I, it's it, the offensive line's not good. That in theory is better to keep Heineke in than Wentz. But again, the scoreboard you got to make the op- scoreboard operator work at some point, and they're just not. 
uh, doing it. So I'm imagining it's going to be Wentz. It has felt Rivera has sort of been hedging in that direction for about a while. He finally makes the move. Um, we'll see what 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 happens. Um, just to go to the defense really quick, boy, I've, I, Cam Curl's agent has got to be feeling pretty good about himself. Like we talk a lot about which guys are going to get paid this offseason. Cam Curl is in the is in the Terry McLaurin boat from this past year. He'll go into his fourth year this year. And look, Washington was a mess earlier in the year with big with allowing explosive plays. They threw three weeks. So Curl missed the first two games with a thumb injury, came back in week three. They were, I think, they were fifth, I want to say, in allowing the most 20 explosive plays through those three games. So I'm giving, I'm including the, the first one that Curl came back. From week four until the, the last Giants game, they allowed the third fewest explosive plays, meaning runs of 12 or more or passes of 20 or more. Well, today it was back to giving up too many big plays without him in there. In particular, a really rough opponent when you're missing that safety who can play all over the place when you've got George Kittle out there. It really did feel like Kittle and McCaffrey, that one of those two guys would benefit from Curl being out. It was, it was Kittle. He was a... He was a presence all day, two touchdowns, and had another big catch. Uh, I, I, you know, I mean, it's obvious to say they missed Cam Curl, but they missed Cam Curl. They did, and you know, I actually thought they played pretty well in the first half. I mean, they only gave up seven points. The defense looked pretty active. I thought Chase Young was a huge surprise personally, um, but yeah, you know, we talked to Derek Forrest after the game, and he took full responsibility for Kittle's first touchdown, said he should have, you know, that he misread it and, and let Kittle go by him. That was his bad. Now, it, it just kind of depends on how you look at it, right? Like, is Curl in that spot if Derek Forrest is, if he's healthy? I mean, you know, Derek Forrest has been playing deep safety even when Curl is back there. So maybe that type of mistake still happens. But, you know, Cam Curl is an distinct like an instinctual football player. He's always in the right spot. Derek Forrest has a lot of those similar qualities, but I think having two of those guys instead of one of those guys, um, you know, really helps. And I thought, I don't know what you thought about this, but I thought they had some really interesting kind of formations this game. Bobby McCain, I'm interested to see what his percentage of snaps were. It didn't feel like he was on the field all the time as he had been in years past or like the season. And, I mean, even Rashad Wild Goose got a snap or two. It was they were really throwing things against the wall to see what would stick. Well, that's the thing, right? The last and and I'll be curious to see the all twenty two. You know how it is on TV; you can't quite see everything. But when Benjamin St. Juice was out, right, we knew they were down a corner, but really they were down one of their five defensive backs. They've got five guys that they like to play for the most part. Although I'm curious about your McCain observation, but then when you take Curl out. You still have the same problem. Now, granted, they have feels like they have more safety depth with Jeremy Reeves and Percy Butler. But I mean, you know, these guys haven't really played defense all year for them for for whatever the reason, and mostly because there's other guys in front of them. So when you already are pretty thin, and then you take out the most versatile guy you have, it's it's a tough task for for sure. And you're right; they they did the the first half. I thought went pretty well, all things considered. you know, the, the penalties really screwed them. Jahan Dodson, you know, he had one catch taken away on a penalty, and then he had that one one play where he dropped it, and he almost made a really great adjustment. He did make a great adjustment, but then couldn't bring it in. Um, And, and anyway, the defense held up. But, yeah, but ultimately, 
you know, they, they just couldn't uh, couldn't get it done. And kudos to the Niners for for figuring it it uh it all out. Um, did Rivera? I, I don't. I'm trying to think. Were there any injuries to note here? I mean, so obviously Chase Young played, and that was the biggest thing. But was there anything else on the injuries? Well, we didn't ask Rivera about it, but I mean, John Bostic suffered a pec injury and was ruled out. That was right. You know, alarming after he was lost for the season last year with a pec injury. Yeah. Uh, it seemed like James Smith Williams had a head injury. Maybe does he have another concussion after he was just in the protocol? That is maybe concerning, but nothing in terms of, you know, potentially starters. I mean, James Smith Williams is a starter, but I mean, if Chase Young is playing at this level, then, you know, maybe that helps offset it. Um, let me go back to the offense for a second. Uh, you know, the the story the main story this week that everybody kept talking about was how they you know ab- essentially abandoned the run last week with Brian Will uh, Brian-, Brian Williams with Brian Robinson um only twelve carries in a game which which he was averaging over seven a game this game it's the opposite he gets twenty two attempts but only averages two point six yards a carry I see people out there saying what are you doing why do you continue to run it the Niners have allowed I think it was they had I think it was like seven straight games where they allowed 70 or fewer yards rushing, which is like a streak that like only like that Ravens team with like Ray Lewis had back in the day. Uh, so I think people are asking, why are you doing this? I actually didn't have a problem with it. I mean, obviously you want it to be more effective and, you know, we can look, we'll look at the tape and see if their line just couldn't, couldn't do much, but like, this is what they need to do right now. Unfortunately, they need to shorten the game. They need to, uh, go to play action. And I think that Heineke was effective, frankly, when doing that, because the Niners were, you know, I don't know if they were creeping up to the line, but they weren't really respecting the pass. And he did make some throws down the field. Some completed, some were taken away by penalty. So I didn't have an issue with Robinson getting all those runs. Obviously you wish they were more effective. What was your view from uh, the press box? Yeah. I think you would have liked to incorporate a little bit more play action. And there, that was kind of the read. That was kind of the takeaway from the Giants game. I don't know how many necessarily opportunities they ran this game. It did feel like they went a little bit more to it, but you know the way that they were having success on those corners. I mean, I thought it was notable that for being such a run-heavy team, that each of you know Washington's kind of top receivers had a touchdown today. Samuel scored, Dotson scored, and so did uh, McLaurin. McLaurin, yeah. So it was he, he's forgettable. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I was I was tripped up. Dotson yeah. scored, right? That was yeah, yeah. that was a, a thing that happened. Okay. That was a thing. <laughs> yes. Um and so yeah, they uh I don't know where I was going with that, but it it felt I think something I'm interested that I, if they do stick with Carson, how do they blend those two styles? Because you know, Carson had talked about a lot about how the identity changed, but when they threw him back in there, it was, you know, up-tempo, no-huddle type stuff that they were trying to score quickly. They didn't really give him the, the benefit of running the ball, so how does he do with that style of offense in place? Uh, I don't know if we'll see it, but we probably will. Well, I mean, this is the key is, you know, again, it is it is so fascinating, this, this Heineke versus Wentz debate. And, you know, you get it, I get it. We see everybody on Twitter has takes and opinions and they want to scream and yell whichever way they think to go. The the one reality is this, that when, Taylor, when, when Carson Wentz was starting earlier in the year, they didn't have Brian Robinson for essentially 
that entire time. He came back in week five, didn't get double-digit carries till week six, the game that went got hurt. And that running game changed the dynamic of a lot here. I know that, again, this wasn't the, the best game for the run, but they controlled the clock. That allowed them to keep the game close. Unfortunately, San Fran, you know, made, the, made enough plays to pull away. Uh, that was the thing. Also, the defense, as I mentioned before with Curl, was is way better since since Wentz was out. It's odd to say way better in, after a game that they gave up their most points this season. But by and large, I, that I kind of, I thought they played well today. Yeah, I know I, they gave I, up thirty seven points, but I don't really. Yeah, no, I'm with. I, well. I'm with you again. They're missing Curl, and um, you know when, when those they held San Fran to field goals in the fourth quarter when. The, you know, they, they were up against it and, you know, uh, not, not that they were close, but you know what I mean? Like uh, the, the things got away, could have easily spiraled out of control even further. They were at least down only two scores when Wentz came in and threw a touchdown. Um, so, uh, so yeah. Uh, wait, what was I just saying? Now I'm having, uh, you know, we we're I'm, talking about the defense playing well. And I'll just, while you're remembering your train of thought, I'll point out that, you know, there was that stretch there where they started they started within at the San Francisco forty, the Washington eleven, the Washington twenty five, and the commanders held them to field goals each time. So, you know, they they bent but they didn't break in the second half for the most part. That's it it's why I thought the defense played well. Yeah, and, and I was the same before about how in terms of what they were doing offensively, if they stick with the plan that they've been running with Heineke, which is to say ball control lead with the run game, the the defense complements it. I want to see Wentz in that because his arm strength to get the ball to those receivers down the field, I think could be pretty interesting here. Don't, don't, don't get me. Don't confuse with me saying interesting. All of a sudden means Carson Wentz is going to the pro bowl. Obviously there's a lot of questions about all these quarterbacks, but, you know, that's where they're at. Two games to go. Cleveland next, then Dallas. Both games at FedEx Field. So we will see how all that goes. Uh, I guess just final takeaway from you. Are you feeling, even though we just said that nothing's changed in terms of their playoffs scenario, they did play a game. They did lose a game. Do you feel better, worse, or the same about them making the playoffs? I feel the same. I kind of think they're still going to make it. Maybe that makes me delusional, but, uh, you know, the Browns, they just lost to the Saints. Uh, I guess, and then the Cowboys, they won today. They're going to be clinched. Are they going to rest their starters in week 18? I mean, these are two games that I think Washington, that, you know, the schedule, they're just handing Washington to to beat them. You know, it's kind of like the Sunday night game last week that, you know, you are a four-point favorite. Can you capitalize? And you know, Washington, I think, is going to be favored in both of these games. They're close here, and can they can they do it? Yeah, I mean, it looks like Dallas may have nothing to play for, I guess, uh, right? I mean, I don't think they're still no. close enough to Philly. Um, so it really comes comes down to the next week on some level. If you beat Cleveland, you're pretty in pretty good position. You lose to Cleveland, and either Detroit or Seattle wins, now you're trailing and you need that team to win so or that team to lose to get in. So pretty fascinating. I think I'm largely with you. I, nothing's really changed, but I still think they'll get in. But we'll see. Um, Matt, you are a gentleman and a scholar for giving us time here on the podcast. 
Uh, of course, follow Matt on Twitter at Matthew underscore Paris, P-A-R-A-S. Read him at the Washington Times. And uh, my guy, have a safe trip back home. Uh, happy holidays to you and yours if you're seeing anybody uh, on your way back here. And uh, be, by the way, congrats on being away in the coldest time forever. And Oh, my God. It was... It was a little chilly here, 55. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I went out to my car today just to like start the, the engine, and I had left like uh, uh, some remnants of like whatever drink I had in uh, in a cup, and when I, it was completely rock solid frozen, like that that that's that's what we were dealing with. Um, anyway, I uh, appreciate my guy. We'll, we'll I'll see when you get back. All right. Uh, many thanks to Matt Paris for his time. Thanks to everybody for uh, checking out the podcast. And by the way, obviously, you know it's a tough day in terms of the team, but I really do want to just say uh, many thanks to everybody for listening to this podcast, for being a part of this community, uh, for reading me on the athletic. It really does mean a lot. Uh, I'll talk, we'll talk more about this later in the week, but anyway, I just wanted to at least say that Merry Christmas, happy Hanukkah to everybody safe travels. Please stay safe. Please stay warm. And uh, we've got more to go here. Two weeks to go. It's going to be really interesting for see what the commanders can do. But that's it for now. Ben Standing signing off. Until next time. See ya.